You can't live a godly life unless you have a prayer life. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show we have Charles Stanley, and this is part one of a two-part message, and he is talking about the seven habits of a godly life, things like prayer and trust and meditation and things along those lines that we as Christians all should be doing, you know, on a daily basis, all the time, you know, being intimate with God and praying with Him and talking to Him everywhere that we go. What a great friend that we have in Jesus. Here's Charles. Well, the title of this message is The Seven Habits of a Godly Life. You should get every one of them down. Ask yourself the question, are you a godly person? So first of all, I want to define a couple of things. And first of all, I want to define what a habit is. And a habit is a recurring, often unconscious pattern of behavior that is acquired through frequent repetition. That's what a habit is, something we do over and over and over again. The second definition is um, simply this. What, What is a godly life? So what's godly? It's a life no longer seeking satisfaction through a sinful lifestyle, but is now surrendered to God and His will for your life. In other words, we would call that a sanctified life. Not perfect, doesn't mean you never sin, but it means that your life is fully surrendered to Him. So I want to give you seven habits that every single believer ought to make as a part of their life. And the first one is this. The habit, first habit, is a life of prayer. And you'll recall one of my favorite passages, very simple, in Mark, that first chapter, when the the disciples, they they never quite got a hold of this. But the Scripture says in chapter 1 of Mark, verse 35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everybody's looking for you. And so that's sort of typical about the way people operate sometimes. Jesus is doing the most important thing in life, and they don't quite get that. And um, then again, for example, in the fourth chapter of Luke, And the 42nd verse, when day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. And he said to them, I must preach the gospel and so forth. Now, when we talk about a life of prayer, we're not talking about once in a while. We're talking about that every day you sense the need, the desire, and the joy and the awesome power that comes through praying, talking to the Father. That is, it ought to be a habit, something that is recurring in your life. Not just when you get in trouble, when you get in need, but because you love God, because you're grateful for who He is and what He's doing in your life. And in the 11th chapter of Luke, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Now, would you, would you teach us to pray like... Uh, 
uh, John the Baptist teaches his disciples to pray. And so they saw something absolutely different about Jesus praying. It wasn't some ritual that people usually would go through in those days, but they could sense that he was talking personally to the Heavenly Father. So when I look at these verses and uh, think about it, the truth is you can't live a godly life unless you have a prayer life. You're not, you can't. You live in a world, we all live in a world of temptation and trials and heartaches and burdens and sin. And everywhere you turn, there it is. You cannot live a godly life. I didn't say a life without any sin, but a godly life. And we defined what that meant. You can't live a godly life unless you have a good prayer life. Because the prayer life keeps you connected to Almighty God, sensitive to His will and His purpose and His plan for your life. You don't pray, you won't live a godly life. And if you'll think about it, it's the most important activity of your life. You've got to have a life of prayer. Secondly, the second habit is trust or faith, whichever word suits you best. And I, I love that 103rd Psalm and the 19th verse. And uh, the Bible says the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. So if you'll think about what that verse says, if God Almighty has established his throne in the heavens, and watch this, his sovereignty, that is his all-knowing, supernatural, divine power rules over everything, then what does that do? That gives me an awesome foundation to believe him. Knowing that he's in charge, it doesn't make any difference what happens how it happens, through whom it happens, for whatever reason, I know that God is in control and I can trust Him for whatever He allows in life. And I think that's why that verse is so important is because if you don't, if you don't trust Him, if you don't trust Him, you're not going to pray. And you have to ask yourself the question, well, where is, where is trust in your own spiritual life? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. And I quote that verse to you very often because it is a basic verse. And when you and I are trusting Him, what happens? It builds intimacy with Him. And intimacy means that I have a relationship with Him. I don't have to introduce myself to Him. An intimate relationship with a person means that, that you are close not only to their heart but their thinking. The way they think, the way they feel, an intimate relationship is what every husband and wife ought to have all the days of their life. Intimate relationship with God is you and He talk together. He listens to you, you listen to Him. You obey Him, He guides you. There's an awesome sense of intimacy in a life that trusts God. And if you want to know whether you're a trusting person or not, ask yourself this question. What am I worried about? If you can look around and say, I'm not worried about anything because you're trusting Him. Whatever you're worried about is God's long, awesome finger saying, you're not trusting me at this area of your life. A godly life is a life of trust. Third, third habit in this awesome life is the habit of meditation in the Word of God. Now, I don't know how you describe how important this is, but uh, the Scriptures are, are, are there, 
and I want us to look at it for just a moment. And the psalmist said in this 63rd chapter, in the 6th verse, listen, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, for you've been my help, and the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Now, what does it mean to meditate? It means that I read it. It means that I think about it. I search my heart in the light of what God is saying. I ask him whatever questions I have on my mind. I surrender whatever he brings to my mind. And meditating upon him, here's what meditation does. Meditation is like looking into a mirror. But it is also looking beyond the mirror. That is, I see what God sees, and then I see beyond that, and I see him. Your focus is on him. And when you begin to focus on God, here's what happens. Worries drift away. Concerns drift away. Your, your mind is no longer contaminated with all kinds of things that do not do you any good at all. Meditation is an absolutely essential part of living a godly life. And where there's no meditation, you're not going to live a godly life. You can't. You think about when you get up in the morning, how much of the world crowds itself into your thinking. You have to get dressed, of course, and eat breakfast, and you've got to get in your car and drive down the expressway or somewhere and finally get to work. And as soon as you do, it's chatter, 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 chatter all the day. Or oh, the keyboard's flying all the day, and your mind is full. Then you've got to get back in your car, get back on the highway, and, uh, and dodge the traffic again all the way home. And when you get there, you undress and try to relax, and then there's dinner. I can fill up your day and not even know you <laughs> because that's what we do. And so, where is God? Where is, where is God's private time with you? What leads to a godly life is a time of being alone with Him, longing for Him, meditating upon Him, thinking about Him. And then there's a fourth habit, very important one, and the one you hear me say all the time, obey God. And I want to go back to Deuteronomy uh, 27, all the way back in the Old Testament, because he makes it so crystal clear in this 27th chapter and the 10th verse. God speaking through Moses to his people, here's what he said. He said, you shall therefore obey the Lord your God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. And then down to chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall be, listen to this, if you Diligently, You know what that means? Consistently, diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you, listen, set you high above all the nations of the earth. He was talking about Israel. But put yourself in that position. When you and I obey God, we, listen, we, think about this. We're walking on a higher level. Think about how the world lives. They live with all kinds of evil thoughts and busy, 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 no time for God. You have chosen to follow Jesus. And to follow him means you live on a higher level. It doesn't mean that you're looking down on other people. It just means that you have chosen to live by a standard that's higher than the world's standard. It doesn't mean that we're better than somebody else. 
but it means our lifestyle is better than the lifestyle of the world. So ask yourself the question, now, do I have a habit of, of really praying and trusting and meditating upon the Word of God? And would I be considered an obedient child of God? And how many times have you said it? And you said it as well as I can. The wise way to live is to obey God, then leave all the consequences and circumstances to God. Now, I will do that only if I have a life of prayer, only if I'm trusting, only if I'm meditating upon Him. That's the only way I'm going to do it. So these are simple habits that make your life what God wants it to be. And listen, think about this. There's nothing that can keep you from obeying and walking in these seven habits. Nothing except the choice you make. You see, you have, to, you, have to choo- you have to choose some things. You have to choose to go with them or with God. Have this or have God. Walk this way or have God's way. That was Dr. Charles Stanley, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Charles Stanley, The Seven Habits of a Godly Life. You can also find out more information about him and his ministry at intouch.org. Well, that is all I have for you today. I hope that you have been encouraged to go out and take your mountain and just to trust God for his greatness and to, for great things to come to pass in your life. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you.